Explore the history, relationships, expertise, and data that go into ensuring Stein growers get maximum yield potential. This is the Stein Seedcast. Here's your host, David Thompson. Hello, and welcome to the Stein Seedcast. I'm your host, David Thompson, National Marketing and Sales Director for Stein Seed Company. We've got another great episode lined up with special guests, expert insights, and discussion on everything you need to know about maximizing yield potential. On today's episode, our special guest is Sarah Karowski, President and CEO of Make-A-Wish Iowa. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thanks for having me, David. So as some of our listeners may know, Stein Seed Company and Make-A-Wish Iowa announced a partnership this past summer for a one-of-a-kind program called Harvesting Wishes. Harvesting Wishes is a really unique program designed to engage farmers and ag workers across the country to participate in granting life-changing wishes to kids in their own communities. Stein has signed on as the premier sponsor of the program and is excited to offer our grower customers throughout Stein's trade area a new way to make an impact for local families waiting for their life-changing wish. We're very fortunate to have Sarah on our show today to walk us through how the program came about, the goals for this partnership, and how we can all work together to grow harvesting wishes and have a national impact. So let's get started. Well, Sarah, I appreciate you being on the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. So I call myself a native and a captive, born and raised in central Iowa, specifically on the south side of Des Moines. A great parents who raised my sister and I, and I was lucky enough to uh, go to college, come back, marry my high school sweetheart, <laughs> move to Pleasant Hill, started our family. We've been there ever since, and now I am the CEO and president of Make-A-Wish Iowa, here working with you. <laughs> awesome. Tell us a little bit about the organization. I mean, I think Make-A-Wish is something that's known to many, but probably at a very high level, right? So tell us about your involvement with the organization and, and the organization in general. Absolutely. So I have been the CEO and president now for just about two years, and it is the best job. I feel like I won the lottery getting to do this and lead the team here in Iowa. At Make-A-Wish, we work to grant the wish for children who are fighting a critical illness in Iowa. Of course, there are other chapters all over the U.S. that serve their local state and communities, but we only focus in Iowa. And right now, we have just under 400 kids waiting for a wish. And this last year, we had a record-breaking year where we granted 198 wishes for kids in Iowa. It was a great year, but we still have a lot of work to do. So you talked about granting wishes, you know, I've had the opportunity to review some of the videos on your site and, and some of the great success stories and just fantastic to see the difference that's being made, you know, in those children's lives. I mean, wondering if you have some stories from moments that stand out to you during your time with Make-A-Wish Iowa, real impact moments with some of the children and families. Oh, gosh, there are so many. And, you know, I preface almost every conversation I have with someone that we cry probably every day in the office, <laughs> but they're happy tears because we get to watch a child receive something amazing or help a family create a memory that they would have never had otherwise. And nobody can take that away from them. And a lot of people ask me, well, what's your favorite wish? And it's not even the focus of what did we deliver for that child. It's just watching that family receive it and 
escape from what their day-to-day experiences are in fighting that critical illness that their child has. So it's incredible, and it's amazing to be able to do what we do for these families. So you mentioned here in Iowa, 400 children awaiting wishes just in the state of Iowa, and I assume that that's a trend that probably bears out across the entire country. Oh, goodness, yes. We have record numbers of kids across the U.S. waiting for wishes. And in this last year alone, Iowa received 223 new referrals of brand new wish kids to us who are now a part of that under 400 waiting for a wish. So I think that's one of the things, as I learned more about the organization that was was fascinating to me, or I guess enlightening to me, is that sometimes in rural Iowa, we think we're a little more insulated from these things. But there are kids all across the country and in all kinds of communities, and even in communities very near to anyone, no matter where you are in the state of Iowa, there's usually somebody who's waiting on a wish. Oh, absolutely. I mean, even if you take the number just under 400, that's almost two per county in Iowa. And it's there is literally not a spot in the state that a wish kid has not lived. And we could go back through the just under 40 years that Make-A-Wish Iowa has been in existence, and you can see that there has been a wish child in every single county. So that kind of frames up, I guess, to me, the conversation as to where Stein's kind of coming into this picture. We're talking about the need to grant more wishes and, and try to do so. So tell me a little bit about the idea behind the Harvesting Wishes program, how that came about. Absolutely. First, I'd have to take a step back and say, when I started, I was really learning from the other Make-A-Wish chapters, really trying to soak in how they fundraise, how they grant wishes, how they operate. And one of the things I saw is a very stark difference between other states and Iowa is a lot of these other states have pro sporting teams <laughs> that they get a lot of money from and a lot of support, which is great at, you know, pro football, pro basketball, pro baseball, you name it. And we have some great college teams in Iowa, but that's a different ball game. And so I sat back and we were evaluating, you know, where does our state lead? Where are we the strongest? And it's obvious to anyone who lives here, especially anyone born and raised. And then when you look at the GDP for the state of Iowa, it's agriculture and manufacturing. And the ag community is just a powerhouse. And so I thought, okay, how can we collaborate? What could we do and unite with the ag community to connect them with the children that are in their own community, right there in their own backyard, and get those wishes granted And at that point, I was thinking, gosh, who are the leaders? And of course, Stein is at the top of my list. Knowing the history, the family values that Stein Seed has, and I was just thinking to myself, if only somebody could help me with an introduction, and was very lucky to get one, and it led us to today. And that was probably just just not quite a year ago that we started that conversation. So talk a little bit about what what are your goals for for the Harvesting Wishes program? For me, I would just love for the agriculture community to just embrace the wish kids, embrace Make-A-Wish, and know that they have a power to change a child's life and positively impact a family in a way that can't be done otherwise. And so it just means everybody can participate on a large or small scale. Just connect with us to connect with these kids. That's just my biggest wish for this program. Thinking about how they operate, one of the things that's been fascinating for me to learn about is this is truly a very strong 
organization at the grassroots level. You know, our conversation started with Iowa because that's where we're headquartered and that's where you are. But over the course of time, you know, I think we've been able to engage and talk to folks. So talk a little bit about the structure of your organization and how it how it filters down to the grassroots level. So Make-A-Wish America oversees all of the chapters across the U.S., and we are a federated model. And it has been really great to be able to reach out to many of these other CEOs where Steinseed has a presence in their state and say, this is a really exciting opportunity. It's coming your way. Here's how we can partner and ensure that if there is a gift or a volunteer who reaches out via the Harvesting Wishes website that they want to engage in their own community, even though it's filtering through us here in Iowa, I am then sending that information directly to that CEO, that chapter, and saying they want to help participate in a wish. Go make it happen. So we have great uh, one-to-one connectivity as CEOs across the U.S., but then, of course, our great partners with Make-A-Wish America, who provides a lot of the services uh, that would be difficult for all of us to do on our own. Example, uh, if you wanted to meet a celebrity, who would you want to meet, David? If you could meet anyone, what would your wish be? Oh, gosh. Uh... I'm not used to getting questions asked of me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh, who would I like to meet? Uh, man, that, that, that's hard. Like, oh, come on. <laughs> or your kids. Who yeah. would they love to meet? Well, I mean, I'm sure that my kids would love to meet a sports star, you know, somebody, you know, that they – um, well, things like that. Well, let's just even take Brock Purdy. You yeah. know, played for Iowa State, a great athlete now playing for the 49ers. I couldn't just pick up the phone and call the 49ers team in San Francisco and say, I have a wish kid who wants to meet Brock Purdy. Thankfully, we have Make-A-Wish America that coordinates and works with all of the celebrities. So it's easier on the celebrities. You know, you have The Rock and John Cena, Taylor Swift, who are just big in demand. And when you're talking thousands of wish kids waiting for a wish across the U.S., you don't want all of those Make-A-Wish chapters reaching out and trying to work with those celebrities directly. So Make-A-Wish America really coordinates how to make it a smooth process and a great process for both the wish child and the celebrity that's engaging on those wishes. So that's just one way of many that Make-A-Wish America partners with all of the chapters across the U.S., Okay. And so that, that brings up a point I, I think is interesting. So, you know, these sorts of things, when, when a child has a wish, those things don't happen overnight. Oh, no. Uh, it takes a tremendous amount of effort. I wonder if you talk a little bit about what that process involves from the point when, well, I assume it starts with a diagnosis of some sort and then moving from there. Absolutely. Every child has a very unique wish journey, and that's what makes what we do uh, so difficult sometimes. There's no cookie-cutter, streamlined way of granting a wish. So once a child becomes deemed eligible, so they have been referred through the process on Make-A-Wish America's website, they then come to that state's area. So for us, it's the entire state of Iowa. And we get notified that they're eligible and to move forward working with them. From that point, they kind of do some onboarding. We get some key information about them. Who are the parents? What's their world like? What's the child facing at the time? Because a lot of times we have to 
pause and start the wish-granting process based on perhaps the medical treatment that a child is facing. Sometimes we have to move faster, and sometimes we have to move slower. Uh, So then that makes it really tricky on their timeline for getting their wish granted. After we have received a lot of the onboarding information, they can get partnered up with a volunteer wish grantor in Iowa, So, which is a really great thing because, again, having kids all over the state, we then have local volunteers who get to go in, meet with the child and their family, and help them determine their one true wish. They don't just sit down and write on a piece of paper, oh, here's what I like, here's what I think I'd like to do. No, somebody goes in a volunteer and says, let's dream big and really make sure that it's what they want and not what somebody else wants because it can't have an impact on that child if it's not exactly what they want. And so we work really hard in training our volunteers to get to the heart of the wish and they do an incredible job. After that volunteer gets that information, they send it to us at Make-A-Wish Iowa, and the team internally begins to pull together the resources and then starts working behind the scenes with the parents on what does this timeline look like, what would be acceptable, what works for your schedules, and then we build it. We, of course, work at the same time to get everything funded. Fundraising is a big part of what we do, and One of the greatest things that we do get from many individuals across the state is in-kind. It's not just cash that makes a wish happen. It's in-kind of time and talent, you know, an electrician to wire up a hot tub wish or somebody or a local group. Uh, We've had volunteer firefighters build an adaptive play set in a part of rural Iowa. There are just so many skill sets we need uh, that don't have to cost us something if we can get it donated from the right experts in their industry. So once everything's pulled together and coordinated, uh, we work with the local volunteer to go in and work with the parents and the child to celebrate that your wish is about to be granted. You are going to meet that celebrity, or you are going to travel to this location, or surprise, you're back from being gone for three days because we just did a room redo. We just granted a wish like that about a month ago. So it's fresh in my mind, but it's just amazing how it all happens to come together. I just don't know how the team does it sometimes, but they manage to make it all work. You know, you talked about the importance of volunteerism. And uh, so I, I think, again, probably one of the things is there's a idea that, yeah, it's about more than just donation. It's about time and talent. And I've had the opportunity to look at, you know, some of the different different wishes that have been granted. I think, you know, again, probably most commonly people think about some trip, right? Going, right. To, going to Disney World or whatever. But there are a wide range of other things. I wonder if you could talk about some of the other things because it is really tailored to what the child is wanting, right? Yes. I would encourage anyone who's curious about the wish I'm about to talk about to go explore Amy's She Shed on our YouTube page because it's it was an incredible wish that the community wholly embraced. And what it was, was Amy had designed a She Shed, a private place for herself, this beautiful yellow she shed. And we had reached out to the local home builders association and said, can you help us? 
and they said, we want to help, but we're going to take this one step further. And they went to the high school where Amy was actually going to school, and they started working with the shop class. They went to that teacher and said, can you help make this wish possible, and we're going to partner with your class. And so collectively, these students who were going to school every day with Amy got to build up their trade skills, build her wish. They did not even know it was for her. And when it was all said and done, we had a huge reveal in the gymnasium of the high school uh, where they presented it to her. But we just got to watch the entire community just embrace Amy, embrace her wish, and make it happen. And Almost all of it was donated in kind, and it was just an incredible experience and opportunity. Anyone who was a participant was impacted, especially Amy, but you could just see what happens when a community comes together for a child facing such a difficult fight. So, Sarah, I know a lot of times that Make-A-Wish gets requests, or at least some of the most visible examples of wishes are trips to uh, uh, Disney World, for example. That seems to be the most common theme. I guess I'm curious is that how that impacts the planning process and, and how that got to be such a thing. I will tell you that Disney wishes are magical and magical for so many reasons. And we are very lucky that through the partnership at Make-A-Wish America, they work very closely with Disney as a great partner to Make-A-Wish. So that first and foremost makes all the magic happen. But specifically for our families, you know, what's really hard is considering everything they're going through and all the medical bills that pile up, it's really hard to think about and plan any kind of trip when your day-to-day can be such a struggle. And many a times when I go in and meet with families, because I'm also a volunteer wish grantor, I have the firsthand experience of going in and helping a child really dream about their wish, you see what their world looks like. And when a child is talking about Disney or watching Frozen Live or you insert whatever Disney character here, you ask them, you know, well, when have you been on an airplane? And parents say, oh, we've never taken a vacation since they were born or they've never been able to fly. And some parents, while they want to get their child to Disney, they really worry about the struggles that they would have to get through to get there. So if you think about it, you have to coordinate your wheelchair, your special vehicle when you get there that serves a wheelchair and has a ramp and can get you to give kids a world where kids stay when they go to the Orlando area. And then what if a child needs oxygen? What if a child requires 24-hour nursing coverage? If they have a feeding tube, how do you get liquids onto an airplane? What's that FAA process? What if you need a special harness for a child? There are FAA requirements. It is so hard if you layer that on top of just planning a vacation, it's a daunting task with everything you're facing. And we just handle it. The team knows how to do it. They know where to go. And we are just the ones who just wave the wand to make it happen. And that's part of the magic. And we had a wish father say very clearly about their son's trip to Disney was that for a while they just got to be happy and escape cancer world. So to be able to deliver that is just magical. And I can see why so many kids and families do request that, and we just make sure that it's the best experience they've ever had. So, again, for us, you know, we have a lot of folks 
that we come in contact with in the ag sphere. And certainly you've had experience working with folks in the ag sector before. Again, as we said, this make-a-wish impacts people in all kinds of communities. But I guess what are your what is your hope that we can help deliver in terms of time and talent, you know, as, as we maybe try to, to increase awareness in the ag sector? You know, the Stein family, through Stein Seed, you have such great connectivity to so many different individuals and areas we haven't even been able to connect with. So number one, it's just connecting and raising awareness. And then when we have that wish that's in somebody's backyard who has now become aware of us through Harvesting Wishes, being able to bring the two pieces together and say, you helped us during Harvesting Wishes, you raised your hand and said, I either want to donate or I want to volunteer, now's the time. And we have this wish, do you want to dig in deeper and help us rally the community and make it happen? And that's sometimes half the battle is just finding somebody in the community who has heard of or has experienced some level of Make-A-Wish to really be a champion for that child and make sure we get it across the finish line. Well, maybe if we want to, let's talk a little bit about the Harvesting Wishes program itself. You know, from the Stein side, I know we have an incentive tied to our corn program this year where a customer makes a qualifying corn purchase, they can make a donation to Make-A-Wish, and and then we'll rebate them back basically on their corn purchase. There's another way that they can financially contribute, I think, through gifts of grain. You want yes. to maybe mention that or talk about that? Absolutely. Uh, this is not a new donation program by any means, but it's just something we've never had had a good partnership on before, been able to really elevate and highlight, and that many members of the ag community do donate gifts of grain to nonprofits, and hopefully now we'll consider for Make-A-Wish Iowa, but you can donate that at the elevator uh, through working with the elevator to make that instant donation to Make-A-Wish Iowa, or of course the nonprofit of their choice. It's all facilitated through the elevator. So I encourage anyone who is considering something like that to either read about it on the Harvesting Wishes website or talk with their elevator about it. And they will have all the instructions for how that donation works. But it's very similar to how individuals will make donation of stock from the stock market. Instead of reaping the benefits of those sales, the sale of the stock just goes directly to a nonprofit and then they don't have to pay earnings on it. And then of course they get the tax benefit from that donation. Okay. All right. Good. So a couple different ways, you know, again, to to potentially financially contribute to Make-A-Wish for folks who are buying seed from Stein. And then, as you said, you know, that's only part of the equation, hopefully getting engagement and helping drive some of those local community efforts and making a difference in these children's lives. Yes, we really do need volunteers in every corner of the state. We're doing a significant volunteer outreach effort right now because, like I said, we having nearly 400 children waiting for a wish. You want two volunteers per child, so you can start to add up pretty quickly that we really need to have between 700 and 800 volunteers on hand, ready to go anytime a child pops up and is now referred to us and eligible for a wish. We don't want that child sitting and waiting for a volunteer to be trained in their community or for somebody to need to travel two to three hours to come meet with them because I know that there is a member of their local community who would just love to be a part of it. We just have to find them first. (laughs) So you mentioned 400 wishes you know, pending here in the state of Iowa. Again, any feel for at a national level what that 
tally is? I don't know that number off the top of my head, but I can tell you because we just all wrapped up our fiscal 323 year that Make-A-Wish America, so all the chapters together, we granted over 16,200 wishes. So there are thousands waiting across the U.S. (laughs) if that begins to help you understand the context of the kids that are out there. A lot of wishes out there. Ultimately, what's the impact of this for the child and their family when, when they go through this process and get a wish granted? Number one, it's to help them have something focus on that's positive in their life. You know, you and I, going through our day-to-day, the business world, managing projects, we, we as humans just like something positive to look forward to, whether it's a vacation, a holiday, time with friends or family. When you are in a situation like many of our families are, it's a daily fight for what you have to deal with, whether it's tests or going in and out of the ER, being rushed to the hospital, x-rays, operations, medical procedures, and even anything at home such as making sure that you have all the proper food to blend for a feeding tube or making sure a child is situated correctly, not getting bed sores because they're unable to move themselves. It's just the obstacles that our families face are high. And so a wish gives the child and the family something else to focus on, and it's positive. There was a 2022 impact study done from Make-A-Wish America that talks about the impact of a wish. And overwhelmingly, doctors, parents, and wish kids said a wish helped them fight what they were facing. And I think it also, it helped them fight what they were facing and it helped them combat mental health issues in the household, which is huge. I don't know how you can even begin to really focus on daily activities that need to be done in a household on a regular schedule when you're facing everything else and then you have mental health elements on top of that. So Wish It does so many things for so many different families and I just consider myself lucky to be a part of it and I want to make sure that all of these families and the children get a Wish focus on and to fight what they're facing. Well, yeah, I think it's, as you said, it's well proven that it makes a difference in the children's lives and the lives of those families because of what they're facing. And so as a company, we're glad to be able to play a part in that, hopefully be able to contribute and hopefully narrow that gap between wishes to be filled and wishes that are filled. And if we can help you do that, that's that's what we're looking forward to. As you look ahead to the next, you know, year, two years, I mean, what are your goals for the Harvesting Wishes program? Do you want the really big goal, David? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What's the big goal? For me, I would just love to make sure that we are connected with at least a few people in every county across Iowa. So that's my goal just for Iowa, just to connect with them so they're aware of us, they want to work with us. Of course, we want everyone and anyone who's willing to donate because we do have, like I said, nearly 400 kids waiting for a wish. But in this next year, we need to grant 250 wishes. This last year was a record-breaking year for our chapter. And to go from 198 to 250 wishes, that's a lot. And we have to do it because we have so many kids waiting for a wish and we know we're going to get more referred to us. So the next few years are probably our hardest years in our chapter's history because of the demand and the outreach that has been going on and we have to raise the revenue. So 
raising the money and finding the people in every community who want to help be a volunteer and help grant that wish. Well, yeah, because two volunteers per wish, 50 more wishes, that's 100 100 volunteers Mm -hmm. just to grow. And you have to know we don't just start and stop with 200 kids or 250 kids, whatever that wish number is. We're actively working with all of them all year round. When we talked about the WISH journey, you know, our volunteers and the child's medical providers are very good at reaching out to us if something would change in that child's health. So there's often a lot of, like I said, stopping and starting on a WISH uh, given medical circumstances that will go on. And the volunteers are really good at cueing us in when things have changed that they're aware of as well. Hmm. So... For our listeners, I guess, where can they go for more information on uh, Make-A-Wish, Make-A-Wish Iowa, or the Harvesting Wishes program? Yes, I would really recommend everyone check out the Harvesting Wishes website, which is harvestingwishes.org. It has all of the information, and you can learn about the wishes that are waiting and the need that is out there, and, of course, how to make a donation or how to volunteer. Of course, we have all the social media pages for Make-A-Wish Iowa. Our website is a great resource, but don't hesitate to contact us. Our team loves to interact with individuals. You can do that through any of our platforms. I especially am happy to answer anyone's questions. That's one of the greatest parts of my job is getting to share the impact of our mission and helping individuals find where they fit into solving what we need to solve. Perfect. And then as it relates to Stein's program for our corn, we will have that information on our website so it'll be searchable there and they can obviously reach out to their Stein sales representative for information about the Stein corn program. So, well, Sarah, awesome. Appreciate you uh, joining us today to talk about Make-A-Wish and Make-A-Wish Iowa and the Harvesting Wishes program. We appreciate you telling us how the industry can come together and maybe grant more wishes for uh, the children and their families. So thanks, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for the partnership and for having me today. Well, that's our time for today. I'd like to thank our guests and our listeners for joining us on another episode of the Stein Seacast. We'll be back again soon with more expert interviews and insights about all things Stein. And to never miss an episode, subscribe to the Stein Seacast wherever podcasts are found. To learn more about Stein and its elite corn and soybean genetics, visit steinseed.com. Stein has yield.